0: Welcome to Crime Corner, where we examine all things crime, whether it be on stage, on the screen, on the street, or in the courtroom. I'm Matt Coyle, author of the Cahill Crime Series, and I'll be your host for as long as it takes. My guest tonight, D.P. Lyle, is the award-winning, best-selling author of both fiction and nonfiction books. Sunshine State is the third in his best-selling Jake Longley mystery series. Earlier books in the series were finalists for the Seamus Awards for Book of the Year and USA Best Book Award, and included on the Mystery Magazine's Best Books of 2016. Doug is also the author of the Samantha Cody and the Doug Walker Mystery Series. He is a world-renowned. He's world-renowned for his forensic expertise, author of the McCavity Macca- Award-winning and Edgar Award-nominated *Forensic for Dummies, which all of us dummies have read. As as a forensic expert, he has worked with the writers of the popular television shows Law and Order, CSI, Miami, Diagnosis, Murder, Punk, and many others. He's a frequent speaker and radio and TV guest, as well as a valued forensic consultant to crime novelists, such as myself, and is the host of the podcast, Criminal Mischief right here on the Authors on the Air uh, Global Radio Network. He is also International Thriller Writer's VP for Education and Responsible for Craft Fest, Master Craft Fest, and ITW's Online Thriller School. He has an undergraduate degree and a medical degree from the University of Alabama and has practiced cardiology in Orange County, California for over 35 years. Welcome, Doug
1: Thanks, Matt. Good to be here. You know,
0: that's only about half what i could have read but uh you know we only have so much
1: time <laughs> yeah well i make most of it up so it's all
0: right, <laughs> That's right. resume enhancements uh so i got every job <laughs> yeah. i have for corporate yeah, sector you know so um the new book just came out sunshine state tell our listeners a little bit about the third jake longley commit as i like to call comedic or comedic thriller
1: yeah one of those um yeah well basically this time um Longley investigations, uh, Ray's company, or Jake's dad, uh, and his partner Pancake get Jake and Nicole drug into investigating a really goofy premise that this serial killer in uh, a prison in Florida named Billy Wayne Baker, who killed seven people, confessed to it, uh, his DNA was found at every scene, and he's doing seven consecutive life sentences, confessing to all of them being part of. So he didn't get the death penalty. Okay, fine. So Billy Wayne's apparently found a benefactor, and he has hired them to prove that he didn't do two of the killings. And the hooker is that Billy Wayne won't tell them which two, because he says, "Well, you got to do it on your own, because if I guide your investigation, everybody's going to say it's bogus and it's BS. So you got to go out on your own and find all this stuff. That's what you're getting paid for. And I'm not going to say a word. And that way, when you find the truth, as I know you will. All I gotta do is say, Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> so it's a goofy premise and it's a goofy story, so that's great.
0: Um, Billy Wayne Baker, of course, um almost all except for Ted Bundy, almost all serial killers are do have the three names. So exactly. just a thought for parents, when you're naming your children, your sons, you might want to just um not use the middle
1: name when you're Exactly. That's you know, so John goes Wayne wrong Gacy there. won't be confused with the other John Gacy.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. So, as I mentioned uh, in the uh, in your bio, you wrote some darker fare in the Samantha Cody and Dub Walker series. So, where did Jake Longley come from, and what made you want to go for funny?
1: Well, um, I always find humor everywhere. I think everything's funny. You know that we've sat and chatted enough. Everything everything right. in the world's funny. You know, even the dark medical humor that isn't fit for public Hmm. consumption and cops are the same way as you well know um everything's funny and so i just always wanted to write something lighter uh less dark less procedural less science just more fun slapstick you can have happenstance Uh, it it almost it loosely has to hang together because it's a fun story you know and, and you you have room for hyperbole and I've always wanted to do that, and I just sat down. I had this one scene in mind for the first book, uh, mm-hmm. Deep Six, and I said, hey, let's just start writing see what happens, and then and, and here we are. So do you find
0: writing a – we'll call it again a, com- a comedic thriller more difficult than just writing a
1: straight mystery thriller? Not really. Actually, I find it easier. Um huh. When you're writing a straight uh, humor comes natural to me. so You know, I always grew up in a funny family and a funny neighborhood with funny friends, and so uh, everything's funny and everybody could spin a yarn and tell a joke. Um, writing uh, uh, the forensic thrillers like the Dub Walker, there's a lot of research. A lot of things got to be on the money, uh,
0: yeah. and
1: that that's a moving target because the science is changing all the time. So ten years down the road, it may not be. These are more about characters. You know, uh, these are more about characters that are goofy and having fun and doing stuff, but oh yeah, there are murders involved.
0: Well, speaking of, of characters, Jake is the main character and he's a former baseball player who blew out his arm. Right. Uh, but he is throughout the the books I've read and I've read all three, he is steadfast in not to join the family business, which is a private investigations. Yeah. He, uh, Yet in each book, he seems to become embroiled in uh, one of his father's (laughs) cases.
1: What's the justification
0: for him to uh, become involved in the cases?
1: Well, in the first one, Ray kind of badgered him into doing something. And, of course, he's he's watching this woman's house late at night, thinking that she's having an affair. And, of course, you know, things go sideways. They don't work out right because Jake always wins in the end, but he does it by a hook or crook. And he kind of staggers to the finish line. And in this case, while he's there, the woman gets murdered in the house, and he doesn't even know it. So, uh, and then that starts the story. Uh, That's how he met Nicole and everything. But it seems like it's Pancake and Nicole that always drag him into this because they're all gung-ho for this, you know, PI stuff. So they drag him into it all the time. He he doesn't want anything to do with it. But, as Pancake always says, Nicole will go, and you'll go wherever she goes. (laughs) Right.
0: Pancake's his best friend. Nicole's his girlfriend.
1: Exactly uh,
0: Now I did say I did call Sunshine State A comedic thriller And it has plenty Of life To me And it's been You know The last book Of years I read Was a year ago But to me It seems like um, There's The tone is Slightly more serious In this book Than the first two Is that true And is that Because of the Subject matter
1: Yeah I think It was the subject matter More than anything else Because uh, uh, you know, Serial killers Aren't funny Even though they Nope. There's funny there, but they're they're not that funny, but uh but Billy Wayne's a cool character. Um it 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 had more stuff. It had more a convoluted plot line, so it had to make a little more sense. Uh for all the pieces to fit together. And so I had to be a little more serious with it, but I hope I was able to pull off all the humorous passages too and scenes, and especially between uh Jake and Nicole.
0: Yeah absolutely and that's uh that's what for me would have made of right but um, apparently not for you but yeah that's mm-hmm. it was an interesting dichotomy where you do have the humor and you also have pretty uh, you know pretty straight ahead um, mystery thriller um, aspects where there is and and jake at times um, I don't want to give anything away but at times used a ruse to try to get some information the the whole organization right. jake is and I like the fact that, um, at times he questions, you know, what they're doing. I thought that right. was, um, yeah, is it fair? that risk the level of the stakes. So, um, it wasn't a throwaway laugh type of thing.
1: It was like, well, I know people, these are real people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and I wanted that, I wanted him to have that, that kind of depth, um, uh, so that, um. You know, he wouldn't just be a, a comedic character completely. They did have some kind of heart and soul, um, right? And I think he does. You know, Jake's gift is that people like him, and he likes people. So,
0: yeah, I, I'd say it definitely comes across. Um, uh, yeah, fills him out quite a bit. So, we've been talking about Jake, and he, he is. Uh, we do read the book um, mostly through him as a first point of view, but you also have multiple third-person points of view in Sunshine right. State right so why did you veer away from the – I don't remember if and your last books you had multiple points of view so why did you veer away from the more traditional single first person point of
1: view for yeah, P, I know, uh, you know well all, all my dub Walker books and all the Jake books have had the protagonist in first person and everybody else in multiple third and i I thank James Patterson for that he kind of you know 20 years ago or more showed the way to do that that you could do that and you could do it successfully um, yeah. Because it's immediate when you're in the main character, who is, you know, the person you're following. But it also allows you to step outside that character and add information and data and flesh out other characters and add suspense. Because the other right. characters know things that the protagonist doesn't know. That's a thriller. And so um, anyway, I, 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 God bless James Patterson. I think it, he was the first person I saw that did that a lot.
0: Yeah, I think Robert Crace does a little bit too. Some of his, yeah, he uh, does. Um, yeah. But it does it does enhance the tick-tock aspect when you have the other forces that the reader can actually
1: see. Um, right. You know, it gives this uh,
0: somewhat blind um, first-person character. Well. Um, and yet, all
1: the Sam stories and, and my new series that's going to be coming out soon are all multiple third. There's no first-person character. In.
0: Well, just briefly touch upon this because this is not going to be too much longer. Until this series comes out, so say just tell a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, I have this new series, Kane Harper series. Bobby Kane and Harper Harper McCoy, and uh, they were raised as kids. They were one. Uh, Harper was purchased at age two from a drunk woman, and uh, and Jake was. I mean, Jake, listen to me. <laughs> Bobby Man, well, was picked uh, up. Bobby was picked up, abandoned in a Houston bus station by this gypsy family. You know, not not Roma gypsies. Gypsies that hang around the South and and go around con artists and second story people, and uh, you know doing odd jobs, and whatever it takes to feed the family and keep moving. And so they were raised by them until age 12, and then things happened. But anyway, they hook up later, and they were both had military careers. Bobby is basically a trained assassin, and Harper is a CIA black op operator, and they end up running back into each other on the other side of the world because they didn't know where each other was. And uh, now they got a company that they're fixers, and they get hired by a retired uh, Army uh, general, whose granddaughter has gone missing from Vanderbilt University and uh that's the first case and it's called Skin in the Game.
0: And it comes out in October, right?
1: October, yeah.
0: Well, wow. it's all gone. You, <laughs> you are churning them out. Yeah, we won't we won't uh get into the, the um title of yeah. Skin in the Game. People can uh, let yeah. their imagination run. Yeah. Um, so as mentioned before, you're widely known and referenced by many authors for your forensic expertise. And I had a thought just today that you might think about contacting Guinness Book of Records because I'll <laughs> bet you've been mentioned in the acknowledgments of more books than any other human being.
1: Well, I, I, it does happen a lot, you know. God bless Lee Goldberg because he puts me in all the books, even if I don't help him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, uh, and that, I, I appreciate that. I really do. Uh, I, enjoy, I you know, I enjoy the questions that I get. I learn a lot.
0: So how did it all start? when you became the forensic expert that people would come to you
1: well way back in the day many many years ago jan burke was president of the um uh southern california chapter of mwa and uh, mystery writers of america and their newsletter she said is a little thin would you write an article for me and i said sure what about on how the coroner times death she said fine so i wrote this article called timely death that talked about the major things that they use in the first 48 hours yada yada so uh she said, well, we ought to do a question and answer thing. So we started doing a question and answer thing. And that, plus going to conferences and people wanting to know about poisons and gunshot wounds and dead bodies and stuff. And so I kind of self-educated myself and started answering those questions. And it just, you know, it just took off.
0: And then you and Jan went on to do a um, radio show for three years or so?
1: Yeah, about three and a half years. We did 70 shows, crime and science radio. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and we had some great people. That we We – interviewed the experts in the fields of from you name it, any field of law enforcement and forensic science, we had them on there. We had seventy different people. Then we ran out of friends and had to shut the show down.
0: I would have <laughs> run out of friends after if I just interviewed <laughs> friends on this show, I wouldn't I'd have two shows. Um, but you know I was, <laughs> I was at your to your acknowledge
1: you you mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's well, one um, yeah. <laughs> so I was looking at your website and actually people can can they still Download those? Can they still listen to those?
1: Um, oh yes,
0: the episodes yes. from that show. Yeah, there's gold if you go, if in
1: If you if you go to my website, there's links to all those radio shows. They're all on uh, iTunes and every and other places, and yeah. you can actually listen to them on my website because the MP3s are there, and you can listen right. to all these all these uh, interviews. they're fantastic stuff.
0: That is, these that's guys so are smart. smart <laughs> Mystery writer goldmine right there.
1: Yeah, um,
0: and and the the one. I don't really like to schmooze my guests too much, but um, <laughs> you've you've helped me you know, before I was had an agent was anybody not that I'm anybody now, but you know before, years before I was published I I heard about you and I sent this guy an email and sure enough you responded within I think 12 hours or something and you're that, that's it's so helpful to a lot of uh, to, to you know, almost every mystery writer I know. And uh, I just just kudos to you for for keeping it up after all these years and still being so responsive to it. It's um it's quite well, a resource for uh, yeah. the rest of us.
1: Well, you know, I gotta um, say that the, the entire writing community is a very generous community. People give of their time. It really is it's amazing. It really is amazing. Yeah. And it's not as it's not as competitive as, as people might think. Everybody's trying to lift the boat. I I, I really believe right. that. It's uh, yeah. yeah.
0: It's this universally known, but uh, I'm the woman who runs my writer's group, uh, Carolyn Wheat, years you know years yeah. before I did She was telling me, you know, this mystery community, because I just started to go to conferences and kind of make comments about how nice people were. She goes, that's, it's, that's the way the mystery community is. It's just, it's amazing. Everyone's so willing to help the next author, and r- in reality, we are competing for, for a very yeah. limited shelf space and readers' um, attention, and uh, it is it's very cool. It's a cool deal. Um, So, uh, you are, I think I mentioned that you're still a practicing cardiologist. Right. Um, You write a crap load of books. You have a um, a podcast now again with authors on the air. So, but I'm guessing, and you started a long time ago. When did you start writing fiction and how did you find the time? Because imagine that you were very busy with
1: patients back then. Yeah, I was much busier then than now. Uh, And it was probably, you know, 20, 25 years ago now. I, yeah, I always wanted to write books, but I never had the time. I had some stories in my head, but I, I didn't even know if I could do it. And so right. finally I decided, you know, I figured I'd do it when I retired. And I said, well, I'm not going to retire, so if not now, when? Yeah. And so I, start, I took a, some classes at UCI, University of California, Irvine, which is a great writing program in their extension mm-hmm. program. Uh, and uh, took a couple of classes there and uh, then joined a couple of writers groups and just started writing. And, uh, you know, you get better and better and better the more you do it and the more you learn and the more people you talk to and the more you see how other people do it. Read, read, read. All your writers out there, read, read, read. And, um, yeah, and then uh, it just took off from there. And uh, it's been a crazy ride.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you brought up the writers group because that was actually my next question. And by my um, um, limited math skills and looking at your website and knowing your fiction – I think you've written uh, 11 novels and six nonfiction forensic books. And yet, you are still in a writer's group um, with yeah. uh, a large degree of success. So could you talk about the importance of the group to you, speaking in writer's groups, and yeah. why you think it's a great idea for any anyone from any level of writing to get into one? Well,
1: a good writer's group is worth its weight in gold. If you get at a bad one uh, that has bad dynamics and not much help... Yeah. It can be horrific. I've been in one that that kind of fell apart because it got, anyway, it got crazy. But the others I've been in, the other, this is like the third, fourth, and uh, they've all been great because they're people who are, some are published, some aren't, but they're very smart, they're very dedicated, they write good stuff, and they give Mm -hmm. great critiques. And, you know, you don't get to bounce your stuff off anybody else. Uh, you just don't. It's a lonely, you know, you're it's you and the computer and the cat, you know, and the cat don't care. And, uh, yeah. and and so you have to have someone to bounce stuff off of. And they will find the, 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 the simplest things that you say, oh, of course, why didn't I think of that? And it, it, right. it, it, it evolves your book and makes it better and better. So if you can take the time, we only meet uh, for like three hours twice a month. Uh, and usually four or five people will read something, and we keep it pretty succinct. But uh, uh-huh. you get a lot of opinions of people who read a lot and write a lot. So I recommend it. You know, if you can find the time to do it.
0: Absolutely, I think that um, particularly in writing mysteries, where you're dealing with a plot and you're trying to right. give away, you're trying to give be legitimate with the information you give out. You're trying to hold some back, but you but right. you can. It's so in the book is head. So I think it's really difficult to know if you're giving too much, too much information enough and just and just every other every every day is that. If you I mean you can miss stuff for a year on your book that someone else looks at and goes, "Oh, this right here." Um Yeah. Curious about the group. Do you is it all mystery or do you have a variety of genres?
1: Uh a variety, but I think most of them are mysteries. Uh, one of the people in the group right is writing a uh, memoir type thing now but and also writes articles for magazines and she'll bring some of those in they're very humorous uh one of them writes humorous short stories so we have uh, we have an eclectic mix you know <laughs> uh and, but that's good writing is writing right yeah yeah you well, i think it's I think it,
0: it's actually a benefit to have a variety of genres if possible in your group because yep. they may pick out things that Everyone else kind of glosses over that they it's not going to gloss over. I've found yeah, that just yeah. recently in the group I'm in now. Um, so I did. I think – I don't know if I mentioned the Monk books you wrote, but you wrote a couple of – what do they call this? Tie-in books? Yeah, 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 yeah. To the series of Monk? Yeah. My, I know you – no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I say I know you really enjoyed the process. So I want to know if you want to talk about it I'll give any like, not, so, inside much.
1: Hollywood not so much um it's interesting um uh, actually the, the monk books were written by Lee Goldberg and he he got me into writing the two books for the Royal Paint Oh for
0: the Royal Paints
1: yeah, yeah yeah and they were the, they called media tie-in novels because you write them based on you know TV shows or movies or whatever and this is TV shows and so I, I had the characters and I had the Meilu, you know the Hamptons and all that stuff and I knew it was comedic and so this was this was when I decided you know, to cut my teeth on some comedy because it is funny stuff. And it's yeah. it's fluff, and I don't mean that derogatorily, versus hardcore fiction where you, you know, science and and crime scenes and all that stuff. This wasn't that way. And it wasn't even hardcore medicine. You know, it was just, it was simple stuff. But it was mainly situational comedy. Funny stuff happens.
0: You mm-hmm. know, to Hank and Evan
1: and all the crew. And so I it's the first two books I wrote that I didn't outline. And so really? first of all, I learned to write fast, I learned to write funny, and I learned to write without an outline. And so from those three things, I got out of writing those Royal Pains books. And from that, the Jake Longley series evolved, because I realized you don't need you don't need a net. You don't need a net. Just write.
0: Well, that's the way I go about it, which I would not recommend to anybody, because for me, it's a mess. <laughs> but I, I find it interesting that when you were for Hollywood where don't they want sort of um, an idea of what the hell you're doing that you didn't use an outline that what now I find it interesting where I would think for Hollywood they kind of want to know where you are and you did not even use an outline I think that's kind of uh, I sent them I
1: sent them 30,000 words you know when I got to 30,000 words I said, "Is that is where I am right now okay and I said oh okay Uh, well kind of second book it got a little anyway it was goofy but that's another story uh, I, I wouldn't do it again, but I learned a lot, and I, I'd appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, they're fun books. They are fun books because that was a fun TV series. Even though the medicine was wrong, it was a fun TV series. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they did they, they, well, they, they, they consult
1: you for the medicine on that show? Oh, no, no. I had nothing to do with the TV show. Okay. <laughs> nothing to do with the TV show. No, none, none, none. I mean, That's they did weird. a you on a guy sitting in his chair in the living room, Really? Did a what? A bronchoscopy. This is where they take a tube and stick it down inside your okay. lungs and wash it with water and do biopsies and crap. And they did it on a guy sitting in a chair in his living room. Isn't that how and it's I done? Said, no. <laughs> you get sedated nine ways from Sunday, and they hope you don't aspirate and die. What do you mean? And so, and this guy didn't even cough. But
0: it's, <laughs> Did they use a pen, like a, the empty uh, container <laughs> of no, <Okay>. a pen? No. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure I've seen that before, and I'm but not sure if the, the guy was standing is,
1: Yeah, the point is, is the science was not important in that series, really. Right. Sure, Hank was a doctor. He made great diagnoses and great treatments and stuff, but it was all kind of glossed over because that wasn't what the show was about. It was about right. the interaction of the characters and the fun, and so I just took it that, that way, and I enjoyed it. No. that's kind of the way i take the longley things it's not about hard science and hard crime it's about characters having fun
0: yeah but i think the in the state there is it's legitimate hard oh yeah um, <laughs> crime there for sure and of course you know med- there's some medical stuff that you obviously yeah. know you're talking about um so you said firm and i i apologize to you and lee for saying monk um at right no, okay thank you yeah. Lee might get mad at me though. Um, he may he might, but I don't think. So from that, you so now going forward, you're not outlining, whereas before you did.
1: Uh, not exactly, uh, and 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 that's ninety percent true. I use a program called Scrivener, and oh, you uh, do? so yeah. So you create the scenes, you know, on the left side, and so sometimes I'll say, okay, I got this going. So if this happens, it's going to go here, here, and here. So I may open up files for the, like the next four or five scenes and then write a one sentence, you know, in the other little side. And then so now I kind of got, but that may get changed. But at least yeah. I, while I'm thinking about it, I know after this, I got to go here, I got to go here, I got to go here. So bang, you know, person goes here, person goes there, person goes there, whatever. And, and so, but that to me, it's not really outlining. It's just kind of no. having some scenes in your head, a few scenes right. ahead of time. Yeah, Much different than outlining,
0: yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, I've heard about Scrivener, never use it because it, to me it seems too complicated
1: for my brain, but how long have you been using it? Oh, uh, 10 or 12 years. Really? Yeah, it, it's the greatest writing program ever made. Uh, it's simple. I probably use 10% of it, and that 10% right. is pure genius, and it works. It's so easy. Because you can jump from scene to scene to scene, and if you color code them, you know who's who whose point of view each scene is, so you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, when did when did Jake and when did Jake and Nicole talk to the drug dealer? And I look back, I go, Oh, there it is. It was in it was in it was in chapter fourteen. I click on it and it appears. Right in the right in the center. And so I can say, okay, let me read that. Okay, now, now I can go back to where I want. There's no scrolling, there's no hunting, there's no nothing. It's you just skip from scene to scene to scene. It's it's amazing. It's a great Scroll. program.
0: Scrolling is one of my favorite things. I wouldn't want to get it out.
1: <laughs> Gives you time to daydream, right?
0: <laughs> I don't... The fact you're saying how easy it is to use and how you how you rave about it makes me anxious because then I think I need to... I should at some point check it out and then that'll screw it, me up. Yeah, it's um, like
1: 35 bucks or something and it's wonderful. That's a deal. <laughs> and it lets you put so, it on as, as many computers as you want to put it on, yeah.
0: And then... But it's, is it connected like, do, Is it connected to Word? Does it come out in a Word document? No, nope,
1: no, it comes out in their thing, but they do have an export file, an so, uh, export function, where you can export okay. it into Word or Pages or a lot of stuff. I don't. I cut and paste. into, into I use Pages because I'm a Mac guy. And I always, oh. at the end of each writing session, copy the entire manuscript and paste it into a file that I keep dated because I just Good. like everything I've written in two different programs. Right. You know, yeah, in case, for sure. just in case one of them goes sideways. That's, that's Which is happening to everybody. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so, talk, if you can, briefly talk about your – first of all, you did a, a radio show for over three years. Oh, yep. so it's like 70 episodes. What made you want to get back into that format? I know it's a pod, podcast, so very similar. And tell well, us why well, and what about criminal mischief?
1: yeah i i i enjoy doing that and i enjoy podcasts and radio i i think it's i think it's a fun medium. I grew up on radio I'm so old i i listened to radio before we had a TV. but me too. Uh, yeah but um and then Pam stack and I were talking at at Fest last year about it and she said, i'd like you to do a show why don't you why don't you consider doing that i said, i'd love to i said i've been thinking about it too doing some podcasts and she said, well, it's perfect. He said, well let me know what you want to do well you know, Jan and I did what you do, rounding up guests and, you know, herding the cats and all that stuff for three and a half years. And I wasn't sure I wanted to do that again. So mm-hmm. then I said, you know, I got enough to talk about. So I'll just call it uh, Criminal Mischief, the Art and Science of Crime Fiction. So I can talk about writing and I can talk about forensic science and I can talk about medical science. I can talk about books. I can talk about whatever I want to talk about. And so basically I just record 20 to 30 minute prodca- broad, uh, podcast, and I, I put up a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And um, and just talk about writing, and talk about crime fiction, and talk about science. And um, there's always some topic coming. I did one uh, maybe a month or so ago on fentanyl, but it oh. really is how it works, why it's dangerous, why cops right. you know like to wear masks and gloves around it because it'll kill your kill your butt dead in a heartbeat. You know, and these kids are throwing it around. They're bringing it in across the border. Oh. And they're throwing it around like it's candy, and you know people are dying right and left. It's a depressant uh, narcotic. It makes heroin. Yeah. It makes heroin look like cotton candy.
0: Right. Do you remember the? Uh, this is a San Diego murder, real true crime. Uh, oh the, yeah. Uh,
1: American Kristen Beauty. Rossum. Right. Kristen Rossum. Right. Yeah. That, uh, famous case. Everybody needs he, to look that up and read it because it involves fentanyl and and it's a a wonderful story. There's been books written about it, but Kristen Rossum, R O S S U M, or just the American Beauty murder.
0: Yeah. And uh, a friend of mine, you probably know her too, Caitlin Rother, wrote uh, a yeah. very good book about it. Although I can't remember. Excellent
1: the book. Title. Yes, I read it. Fantastic book. Yeah, yeah. it's a bizarre story. That was like,
0: what was that? Like twenty years ago? Fentanyl?
1: I never even heard of it, you know, until that. Yeah, it was fairly new on the market then. You know, fairly yeah. new on the market then. But it's a, uh, it's extremely powerful and just, right. yeah. Um. So
0: you, we talked. Talked a little bit about uh, the next book. Are you? So you've got. Um, I, is there a Jake book in the um, shoot? Are you working? Yeah,
1: the, the fourth Jake book is called Rigged, and it takes Rigged. place in the town of Fairhope, Alabama. and I'm going to tell you right now. If you've never been to Fairhope, go to Fairhope. They call it the Carmel of the South, but it's on oh, wow. the. Yeah, it hangs on the edge of Mobile Bay, facing west. It's not far from Mobile. And Gulf Shores, where Jake lives, it's not far from there, and great sunsets over the bay, and and uh, artsy town with a great bookstore, and uh, it's a pretty high dollar neighborhood, but it's got you know oh great little restaurants and bars. It's just a fantastic little town right on the water, and it's just cool. So I said I said it there. And it's called Rigged, and it'll be out next April.
0: Next April. Oh, you're you're yeah. moving up a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Congratulations. I get pushed back. Um, <laughs> how can people find you on the World Wide Web?
1: <laughs> uh, DPLYLEMD.com. So it's D P L Y L E M D.com. And if you go there, you can connect to all my books and my blog and my podcast and the radio shows. and You can link to all that stuff there.
0: To the world and all those, and both the podcasts and all those radio shows for, for authors that are Medical Forensic Information, um, really a great resource and uh, and uh, that lives on, plus your um, – well, I don't know if you're st- – are you still doing – I know you've helped me with some forensic questions just of late,
1: actually. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. So you're still answering questions for authors that don't know anything?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, in fact, I answered a couple today. So <laughs> I still get answers all the time, questions all the time. And You can do well, that through the website also. Right.
0: Great resource. Well, I'm much appreciative coming on, and Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you. I'll, I'll see you, you know, down the road. We'll yep. have you on, when, uh, hopefully, when the next book comes out. Well, I
1: appreciate it. You have a good day, and I'll see you soon, I'm sure.
0: You too. Thanks, Doug. Okay. All right, bye. All right folks, I'm not sure exactly when I'll be on next. There's going to be something in June. Um, in two weeks, there's going to be the uh, California Crime Writers Conference, so I won't be having it again. Um, maybe the week after that. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm uh, reading a book and um, I need all the time I can to write, so it may uh, be an episode once a month or maybe once every three weeks. But this is a trademark podcast owned solely by the authors on the Air, Global Radio Network. And uh, thanks for listening in and check me on uh, Facebook, and we'll find out.